Welcome back, my friends, to the MailRight Real Estate Agent Podcast Show. We are on episode 120. I can't believe that. And happy Halloween to everyone, by the way. It's our Halloween show. I'm excited about our guest today. In fact, I'm going to have to contain my excitement because she's on so many topics that I love talking about, but we got to focus. So I want to welcome Debbie Drum to the show, who is an entrepreneur. Uh, she's an author, a blogger. She runs webinars. She's a marketing expert is what I'm trying to tell you folks. And there's some things we're going to talk about today, such as um, one of the books that she wrote that I really want to get into is Read Better Faster. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about evergreen content and uh, maybe even some automation on how to get things done better faster. So without further ado, uh, Debbie Drum, welcome to the show. Thank you. I am so thrilled to be here today. And tell us a little bit about yourself for the listeners that might not be familiar with you. Sure. Uh, well, I started doing online marketing in 2010 after Googling the term how to make money online <laughs> because I saw all these people who were making money from home and that really hit home for me because I was um, doing outside sales. I did outside sales for 10 years, which really prepped me to bring all those skills online. I sold a, in a very competitive niche you know, gained a lot of experience there and took all that, my presentation skills, my writing skills, my selling skills, my copywriting skills, uh, which is everything that you really need to make money, whether you're selling stuff online, whether you're selling services, uh, it all applies. It's just, you know, using different mediums. So that's what I've been doing for the past uh, seven years or so. Awesome. What was the industry you were in uh, prior to running your own business? I sold a tuition management service to private schools. Oh, wow. So basic, it was a SaaS software as a service. Mm -hmm. And so basically, we handled all the tuition collection. At the, we, they outsourced it to us. So they didn't have to send the bills to the family, collect the money, collect the late payments. We did all that. And we did all the reporting for them. So it, was a, it really freed up their time so that they can do other things in the school. It makes sense. It sounds like uh, similar challenges realtors have. They might be different tasks, but uh, <laughs> I'm glad we have you on to talk about it. And we're going to dive into some questions, but I want to let uh, Jonathan introduce himself, my illustrious co-host over there. Oh, illustrious. I like that. Obviously, it's getting better every week. Uh, I'm, I'm, the, all right. uh, oh dear. I'm the founder of of uh, MailRight, we're a um, marketing platform that specifically helps you get quality leads from Facebook. Back to you, Thomas. And I'm Thomas J. Nelson. I'm a residential realtor here in beautiful San Diego, California, where I'm never too busy for your referrals or to be a resource for you. And uh, you can find me on thomasjnelsonrealtor.com or social media. All right, let's get back to Debbie Drum. Uh, so Debbie, first of all, before we dive into um, the content about Evergreen, I want to talk about your book. Um, you, well, you've written a few books, but the one that caught my attention was Read Better Faster. And I want, um, I'm a reader. I still love reading books. I, I'll listen to them too, but I, I think you take in more when you actually put your eyes on paper. Um, so tell me about, I know we can't, you know, give away all the trade secrets in the book, but maybe a little overview about the book um, because it's such an intriguing title. 
Yeah, thank you. Um, this is my proudest book. It was a bestseller, I think, in like 13 different categories. Wow, congratulations. And thank you. And I think it's going to help a ton, a ton of people. It really helped me. And most of the things that I produce are problems that I have. And then mm -hmm. being the salesperson I am, I try to bring that to the world. So um, one of the problems that I always had was I don't think I was properly taught how to read. And in my head, I would sub-vocalize every single word, which would naturally take reading books very, very long. I would get bored very quickly. My mind would wander. And I'd be so jealous of people that, could, that said, oh, I read a, read a book in an afternoon. I'm like, how could you do that? I read 10 pages this afternoon. <laughs> so um, what I found is that, and there are people learn in all different ways, some, you know, um, audibly, visually, kinesthetic, by touching and, and actually doing things. So we're all different and a lot of us use a combination of all these learning habits. And what I've learned for myself is that I read and intake information better when I listen and when I watch. So when I read, I was felt I was at a disadvantage because I wasn't able to get through material very quickly until I found this um, little my friend explained it uh very awesomely uh a life hack right yeah. a life hack where you you're not real your brain or you're, you're kind of like turned into a computer where you can read literally you can triple the your reading speed um with uh with the method that i developed that i called the buzz read method and it uses visual and um and and your audible functions so that's pretty much the, the premise of the book. Well, it reminded me, and you might be too young for this, but I'm showing my age. There, when I was a kid on TV, they used to advertise the Evelyn Wood School of Speed Reading. And, and, and that might have been a California thing. Uh, where, where are you based? New York. Oh, okay. So I don't know if it made it to the East Coast. But they, and this is going back to the 70s. And they used to advertise um, these classes you could go to to learn to read faster. And, uh, but the, you know, then it came out later that it was, you know, it was kind of, um, trite, if you will, because people weren't retaining what they were reading. They were getting through things faster, but they weren't really retaining it. So how does your method kind of help people lock in what they're reading so that they're not just cranking out these books for the sake of getting through them, but they're actually retaining a lot of what they're, um, reading the book for. Right. So what, when you um, when you connect your, the visual and audio um, functions, I believe that that that's the power of remembering things more. Because when you're actually listening to something and then you're also following along on the page, you you take in more. So if I was just listening to something and I was doing grocery shopping or I was making a bank deposit, my mind can't do two things at once like that. But when you're actively paying attention and following along, you can actually remember, oh, that's what, that's what the book was talking about. I remember the actual page. I remember where it was on the page. I remember the page number. So that really, really helps when you're actively involved listening and, and looking at the words. And that seems to be a skill that's eroding in these days with what our phones and social media and, uh, you know, real quick sound bites and video clips are doing to our attention span. So this is probably needed more now than ever. Um, 
you know, as someone that is an author and that helps other authors with a lot of your training, uh, are, are you seeing any kind of a decline in people's desire to write books because they feel like we're moving away from books or is it as strong as it ever was? It's as strong as it ever was. And um, it's actually harder for authors now because my, in my opinion, it's uh, after you've written over 50 books, it's very easy to write a book. What's <laughs> not easy is marketing that book. Uh. So anybody can write a book. Anybody can put up a book. You can write a Kindle short book that has 5,000 words that could take you an afternoon to write and put it up on Amazon and it can be selling tomorrow. But how are you going to get that book in front of as many eyeballs as possible, targeted eyeballs as possible, right? You can't yeah. market it to the world. You've got to market it to the people who are interested in your topic, Yep. right? And what's also interesting, too, is we live in this digital world. I've attended the Book Expo event, which is the biggest um, book author expo in the world for the past two years. Last year was in Chicago. This year was in New York. And um, actually, the print books are still on the rise. Despite all the bookstores that you see closing all around you, the mom-and-pop stores are closing, yeah. But still, print books are on the rise, people. And almost everybody I talk to say, you know, I prefer reading a print book over a digital book. I agree with that. I mean, you know, it's funny you mentioned that, the mom and pop stores. Now, um, we have two um, bookstores here. Um, Warwick's is one of them, and they're, um, they've been around for over 100 years, and it's, it's like an institution here. Um, and then to the other ex extreme, we, uh, our uh, shopping malls being remodeled right now, multi-million dollar remodel. And guess what goes in there? Amazon books. The, yeah. the, the, the beast that put a lot of the mom and pops out of business is now a brick and mortar, which blows yeah. me away. What, what's your take on that? Why do you think they did that? We're going to start seeing that more and more because they know, they know the data too. They know what people are buying. They know how people, they are, they are the most, they know the most information out of everyone in this whole entire world about what <laughs> it's selling and how it's selling and what exactly to do the formula to make money. I would agree with that. I, I yeah. bought a gift recently and that company now follows me around on every website I go to. I'm like, I already bought it. <laughs> I know. That's what shocks me sometimes. Like I see Facebook ads for things that I've bought already. It's like, all right. Well, yeah. Why? that <laughs> they haven't gotten all figured out but it's enough yeah. i think <laughs> just enough to be a digital stalker <laughs> yeah, exactly. so um you know and one of the questions i wanted to ask you too because i mean i've i've um been published and and like you said uh if you don't know how to market it you, know, you end up like me with a garage full of books in boxes that you're like okay well these are great gifts to give out and stuff, but without proper marketing. And that was kind of the bill of goods I was sold when I, I got brought in on it. You know, it's, um, you know, it's a, your ego gets fed because you write a book, but then your ego gets crushed when you look at a shelf full of boxes of books that never went anywhere. Mm -hmm. So how, how are you helping authors? Um, and I, and again, I know we're going to speak in generalities here because, um, they got to, 
They got to hire you if they want to know the goods. But um, give us some ideas of how you help authors um, avoid these pitfalls. The very, very first thing to avoid this pitfall is you need to write in a niche that there's always tons and tons and tons and tons of buyers. And there will always be tons and tons and tons of buyers. Because no matter how competitive a niche is, if you can create a niche within a niche, you can create your own personality Mm. within any topic and squeeze your way in there and get your piece of the pie. So a lot of people say, oh, I've always wanted to write a book. I want to write a memoir. Okay. Well, you know what? Five people are going to buy your memoir because five people care about your memoir. It's hard, it's hard to hear, and I, I feel bad saying it, but, you know, for, think about topics that people really, really struggle with. People really, really struggle with public speaking. They, if somebody wants to get on stage and they can't physically get over their heart pounding out of their chest or they, they can't speak because they have so much saliva built up that they start, like, choking on it. Like, that's a real problem that people will always have. And especially if you can incorporate some kind of personal story and experience, because remember, at the end of the day, it has to be a book. So with my book, I could have just said, yeah, here's the method in one paragraph. That's right. the challenge, right? You have, to, you have to create a book out of it. You have to outline it and, and, and do all this stuff to make it intriguing for people to read. So that's number one. You, you need to um, pick something that will generate a lot of interest and an ongoing basis that people will always need. And that's what you have to kind of think about. It's not easy to think about something like that. But, um, you, you know, if, some, if, if, if it's like a fad, like um, my friend Tommy says, well, one time I put out a book on Facebook marketing. Well, Facebook changes every three months. Right. Yeah. So that, that information is obsolete after three months. Sure, you can make a killing in that three months and you can decide to do that. That's fine. But if you want ongoing continuous sales and you, if you want Amazon to always push your book to the top because this is relevant to this topic and this topic and this topic and this topic, you, you're going to need that help from the big beast of Amazon to, to do, to do that help that, that pushing for you. Are, are you in a sense like a, 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 an agent or do you get that involved with your clients? I mean, do you, do you take them from uh, publishing to marketing or are you just there to train them on it? Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I don't have a publishing company. In fact, I self published with a self publisher only because I, you know, you have to re- you have to realize what your strengths are, and not not much your weaknesses, but it, like what you don't feel like doing. So I just wanted to write the book. I didn't want to do any of the the Amazon ads. I didn't want to do any of the, the the outreach to podcasters. You know, I wanted all <laughs> that work done for me. Right. So you have you know, if you want to do all that stuff. You know, at the end of the day, you're going to be paying people yourself, or you're going to be paying people some royalties um, out of your book, and you have to decide what you want to do. So, I'm not a publishing company per se. I just, I really just help people. Okay, you know, decide on because there's so many different factors in writing or uh, writing a book. Right, the cover, the editor, the um, the actual writing, how to write it. Do you ghostwrite? Do you write it yourself? 
um, the marketing, they're getting reviews. There's so many different components, which is essentially why I'm in business. <laughs> right. Because there's so many problems. That's, that's another thing kind of going back to what you said. If you can find a problem in this world and you can help people solve it, mm -hmm. they will never be out of work. I like that. We're going to come back to this in a minute because uh, you're making some excellent points here. Uh, but I know it's time to go to commercial. So, Jonathan, I'll let you take it away, sir. Oh, thanks, Thomas. Uh, been a great discussion with Debbie. She's a great sport, great marketer. We'll be back in a few moments and uh, continue with the discussion, folks. Do you want quality leads from homeowners and buyers right in your own neighborhood? Then you need MailRite. It is a powerful but easy-to-use online marketing system that uses Facebook to generate real estate leads at a fraction of the cost you'd pay from our competition. We stand behind our work with a no-question-asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Get started today. Go to mail-right.com. We're coming back, folks. We've had a great discussion with Debbie. And back to my co-host, Thomas. Well, you know, Debbie, the one of the things that, well, actually a few things you've said already this morning uh, have, have rung true with me in any, any industry. Uh, people might be asking, well, you know, why is a real estate show talking to someone about publishing books? Well, everything you're saying correlates to running a business. I mean, you're talking about niches within niches. Um, and in real estate, we talk about the riches are in the niches and being focused and then delegating, not trying to be uh, the guy that sweeps the place out at night and the guy that shakes hands with the clients and writes all the offers and so on and so forth. You got to know where your strengths are, what you're what you get paid $150 an hour to do so that you can pay someone $15 an hour to do the rest. So there's, there is a true tie in here. Um, not to mention the fact that I think one of the, um, the unique ways or maybe not so unique anymore, but uh, a powerful way to market yourself is having an ebook or a book to um, use as a tool when you're, when you're meeting with clients, uh, whether you're at a listing appointment, um, or if you're trying to do a call to action online and you need something to provide them when they get to your landing page, I think it's a great vehicle or tool to um, set yourself apart and, and set yourself up as an expert in something. Um, so I want to ask you a question, and we kind of alluded to this at the beginning of the show, is uh, evergreen content. And Jonathan um, beats this drum constantly, uh, no pun intended, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Because he talks, he's always talking about evergreen video, evergreen content. Um, where do you, where do you come in with that? Do you help people with their uh, websites and and marketing as far as evergreen content? So basically, you know, with everything that I said and that you said that I do, ultimately, I think that the way that I make money is by creating content. Mm -hmm. We're creating content right now. Right. Right, content could be created in so many. I'm actually writing another book about this um, <laughs> because content could be created in so many different ways, and it could be repurposed in so many different ways. Yep. However, so we talk about evergreen content, which is content that can be used over and over and over again, and that's like your welcome to me content, right? And it's something that's you know, maybe, maybe it does have a shelf life. Maybe in five years that content needs to be revisited, especially if you do videos because you five years ago is way different from you today, right? 
So, you know, that's number one. And, um, and number two is, is constantly creating content in bit in little bites. So like, um, whether you're doing a video, like none of my videos that I do on YouTube go over seven minutes. I, at least I try not to, not to, um, you know, and then that content could be then transcribed into a blog post. That content could be, um, you know, chunked up and put as social media posts. And then you can link that to your other content that you have. So while there is always evergreen content, you're, ne you're never really done. Right. Because if you stop creating content, like there are people in, in specific niches that could dominate the niche, like dominate it if they just put out more content. Really? And, oh my gosh. Like it's, it's crazy. Like obviously fitness niche, that's not going to really happen unless there's like a fad diet that comes out and then you talk, you talk about it for like 50 different videos and whoever Googles that term, your face comes up everywhere. And that's, that's essentially what you want. You want your, website to come up you want your content to come up you want your images results to come up in google people underestimate image results they're huge especially with mobile and you want your video content i'm a big video marketer um, if people can see your face no matter how scary it is believe it or not <laughs> i was not your face but doing a video no matter how scary doing a video is you gotta do it I was like, why is she looking at me when she said that? No, she was looking at me, actually, Thomas. <laughs> no, it, I mean, it's, it's scary. It's really scary to do. But you know, one of the things I noticed about your videos is you shoot anywhere. And, and, you're, and you're, you're everything from completely made up to completely casual. Yeah. And, and I love that about your videos because it, it seems to me like the message I'm getting from you is it's more important to get it done than it is to, you know, be – have it like you know polished and and we're doing it in the studio every single time with a professional crew and people get too hung up on that um i mean can you explain like your process like what like what do you have a plan that you follow um and and maybe talk on that a little yeah um and, and you know you'll hear different opinions from different and obviously multi-million dollar marketers they're going to have a video crew they're going to have the highest quality technology but if you're just a regular joe you know or deb <laughs> doing videos and you want to put content out there you there you know there's always going to be people who hate you right. and be like why aren't you wearing makeup today to people who absolutely love you and will watch every single video that you put out and the more that you do the more that you practice the better you will be at doing these videos, right? So um, what I do is I generally have some kind of outline first before you even get ready to start shooting. Okay. Because um, if you don't, then you're going to, the video is going to, a, a 10 minute video is going to take you five hours to do. <laughs> yeah. And I've been there before. I've, it's yeah. frustrating. And then at the end of it, you don't, you're not going to even like it the next day. You're going to be like, oh, I hate that video. <laughs> so it's going to be a colossal waste of time. So what you do is you have a little bit of a, uh, of a little script that you 
either memorize or once you get good, you can just do it in bullets and just talk, you know, freely. And, um, and then that's it. And you try not to ramble. You try not to say ums and ahs too much. And then, and then that's basically it. Now, will you, will you shoot multiple videos in a day? Like do you have a video shoot day or do you shoot kind of more in real time? Mostly I'll have a video shoot day only because uh, I work from home. So the shower doesn't always get taken, uh, <laughs> or, you know, the early part of the day. So, um, <laughs> no, uh, but you know, if I, like, especially if I'm going somewhere later on, I, I use that, you know, I get all ready, I do my videos and then I'm, I'm ready for the day. <laughs> That's how my life works. <laughs> And then I have one other question for you before I'm out. I know Jonathan has some for you and I want to let him have a chance here, but um, what, what about webinars? Uh, I mean, you, you've, you do webinars and I mean, it seems like a great forum, but um, that's, that's kind of like, uh, I, I guess the, the, the fear I have of doing a webinar, cause I've been told to do them before for real estate is, is um, do I have 45 minutes worth of content worth getting everyone's, uh, time and attention to so like how do you get past that um and and what's a good way of uh setting up a, a, a webinar that wins yeah so yeah you, you definitely have to work out the content part and there's always content to find and remember any content that you have done in the past that doesn't mean that you can you don't have to redo that because you're always going to have new people coming in and and join that's a, that's always like a worry that people have well i already did that but you can always rephrase things you can you can um rehash old things all the time so you can always the content part is is uh, never it should never stop you and you know in a 45 minute chunk if you think of kind of like three groups of topics that you can mm. talk about you know that that should help too with your with your content also like incorporating you know frequently asked questions that people have that always have like there's there's so many that's another thing about being in a good niche is that you're all people always have questions that and if there's tons and tons of questions and issues that you can solve, that's a sign of a really really good niche. Okay. Um, do you ever do you ever run your web like do you do a rehearsal webinar? Do you ever like do or do you just put it out there? Is it pretty live? Just put it out there. Well, even when I was horrible at webinars, we just put it out there, and <laughs> I would listen to myself back, and every other word was you know you know, and you start to you. A lot of people hate listening to themselves. Now I actually like listening to my replays sometimes. Sometimes I can't think of a word and I make up a word. I'm like, why did I just say that word? But <laughs> uh, it happens, right? Especially oh, it does. Happens on the podcast. Especially for me. But no, no, no rehearsals. And a lot of times you're doing one webinar several times. So the first three will be kind of rough. And then you're, and then, and then you kind of work out the kinks and then your next ones do better. But before like anything from doing a Facebook ad to running a webinar, I mean, you really need a call to action and, and something you're, you're trying to transport them to somewhere else. So yeah. is it, it's important then I would think to have um, like for a realtor um, and I, I know I'm just throwing this at you, but I mean, so we might not have a book. 
um, or you know, what would what would be a good idea for realtors um, to as an enticement as uh, to the call to action? Oh, but before Debbie answers that, Thomas, I, I think we need to wrap up the podcast, and Debbie can answer that question in the bonus content. Oh, a teaser cliffhanger. Okay. Look at Jonathan go with his marketing skills. <laughs> All right. Well, then, if you want, very to answer, <laughs> if you want to hear the answer to that question, folks, you have to join us on YouTube. Uh, in the meantime, for those of us listening on the podcast, Debbie, would you please share with folks how they can get a hold of you if they want to get more information about your services and your products? Yeah, sure. Um, you can visit me at DebbieDrum.com, and I'm on most of all the social media sites. So find me there. All right. And Jonathan, if people wanted to reach out for help with MailRite and their Facebook campaigns and so on and so forth, how could they do that? I'll go to the website. You'll find a mass of information and all our interviews, almost 100 of them from a, a load of fantastic experts like Debbie. So it's a fantastic source about real estate and getting started in real estate. And contact me on Twitter at Jonathan Denwood or go to the MailRite Facebook page. There's multiple ways of getting hold of me, Thomas. How can people get hold of you, Thomas? Well, funny you should ask. <laughs> Conveniently on a website named after me, thomasjnelsonrealtor.com. Uh, you can find me mostly on LinkedIn and Facebook online and a little bit of Twitter. Uh, or do the old-fashioned thing and call or text me at 858-232-8722. Whether you need me as a resource or as a realtor, I'm never too busy for your referrals or your asks for help. I'm here to help, and so is the show. Let us know what you want us to talk about in the coming weeks or, or who a good guest would be. Uh, leave us show notes. And, of course, if you're not a subscriber yet, what the heck are you thinking? Sign up. It's free. Come join us. All right. We're going to sign off for now, uh, and you can hear the answer to this provocative question over on YouTube. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.